Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hola! Happy almost weekend! It's definitely Friday now, so we can say happy Friday. And if you are waking up on your Friday, you just got a few hours to go to the weekend. Boom, baby. Oh, my gosh. Can I tell you this really quickly? My mom, her husband, and I have a group text for, I don't know, whatever, stuff that we don't want to share with the rest of the family. (laughs) And uh, a lot of it's pictures of our dogs, which is funny. But I wrote to them to tell them that I had submitted this proposal that I've been working on. And my mom writes back with the fireball, the blast emoji. And then, Jay, she goes, Boom! Exclamation point. Nice. Like, are you kidding me? My mom is now using the lingo from my radio show. She stole your line. That means that I need to find some other signature line if mom is now spitting it out at me. But people get really upset when I don't end the show with boom. When we don't end the show with boom. Yeah, so now that mom is regurgitating it, and she thinks she thought she was so proud of herself too with the <laughs> explosion emoji and then boom! in all capital letters. I think it's a compliment. You do? Yeah, I take it as a compliment. (laughs) I know that some of her co-workers, her fellow teachers, as well as some of her students either listen to the show or follow me on social. And so I wouldn't be surprised if she hears it from them. She just got a classroom of kids running around (laughs) saying boom. Well, no, no. I don't think the kids listen a lot, but she does have co-workers, fellow teachers that listen. And uh, then she also has students who follow me on Twitter because I spoke at her school once. And so she's got some that follow me on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, they, they I guess, can report back if something goes horribly wrong. If I get fired, Mom, and there's no more boom, you'll know about it before I'll have a chance to tell you. <laughs> We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. We finally did it. It took quite a debate and uh, discussion But we figured out which four games should go in our After Hours Game of the Week poll. That's on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or our show Twitter. And then on our Facebook page, we've already gotten a bunch of traffic to the poll. So you guys are ready and willing and able to vote for Week 9. We're going to get to the start of Week 9, the Eagles and the Texans, and how the Eagles were watching the end of World Series Game 5. It's fantastic. So, yeah, we got a lot to do this hour. If you missed QB News, we'll check it out on the podcast. Or if you missed my conversation with 12-year NFL assistant coach Kyle Kasky, we talked NFL for sure for a couple of minutes because he spent time with teams like the Bengals, the Lions, also with the Jaguars last year. Um, but he is a running backs coach. And so we were able to talk about the prolific running backs and running games in the NFL through the first half of the season uh, and specifically the Philadelphia Eagles right after Thursday night football. And then we looked ahead to the big games on the college slate this weekend. So really excited about that. I don't remember the last time I was this geeked up for a football weekend. 
Wait, that's not true, right? I get geeked up every weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. You'd say. Jay has to see me get all geeked up every weekend. But this one feels like the biggest geek. It's a good one. <laughs> Quite the geek. It's a geek out. Geek I will squad. never apologize for being a geek or a nerd. In fact, I call people dork because I myself am a dork. My brother is my favorite dork. I recently called Jay a dork, and I had to explain to him that was not a bad thing. He said, okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. Did you say I'll allow it? I think I said I'll allow I'll it. I'll allow it. Like he has a choice. But don't tell him that. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll start with game five of the World Series. And hear me out. This was vintage Verlander. Now, if I tell you that and you know nothing about the game, maybe you jump to seven dominant scoreless innings. Because that's what we expect from Verlander, right? Pitches deep into a game. You can't find any seams against him. He's mowing batters down. He's strutting on and off the field because he runs the joint. Maybe that's what you think when I tell you vintage Verlander, or maybe you disagree, but here's why. This was the vintage Hall of Famer. Because it wasn't perfect, and yet he refused to give in. It wasn't perfect. He was in a bunch of trouble. He walked four guys. He gave up four hits. Kyle Schwarber tattooed a ball off him in the first inning. Almost said the first quarter. (laughs) Tattooed a ball off him in the first inning. And at that point, he had to make a choice. Because no doubt, not only did his pitching come into question. Here we go again. Verlander can't pitch on the World Series stage. But internally, mentally, he's a human being. He hears those same voices. Those same demons get to him. In the second inning, bases loaded. Verlander has another choice. Are you going to give in? Are you going to let this be the end of your story? Walk off this mound defeated? Or at the very least, not having a chance for a W. The journey of his five innings, fascinating. Yeah, he got into trouble multiple times. He had to work his way out of trouble. And that's where vintage Verlander comes in. He's tenacious. He's tough. He's stubborn. He's smart. He's a bulldog. He battles. You're going to have to drag him off the mound. He's been in so many of these situations. And no, he'd never had a World Series win before. But everything that Justin Verlander has seen, every pitch he's thrown in his career, prepared him for last night. Heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, all of that. Desire. Mental fortitude. So much more than just throwing pitches. If you watch this game and you know his history on the World Series stage. Again, it was only five innings. It wasn't even 100 pitches. But man, was he fired up when he walked off the mound after his five. And for good reason. His team fed off that. The defense certainly wanting to get him that win in his late 30s. And boy, wait until you hear what happened in the clubhouse afterwards. But at least initially, 
I wasn't the only one who thought, oh, no, here we go again for Verlander at the World Series. And here's the pitch. Swung on, line deep to right. This one's got a chance. Get up. It is gone. Game tied on a leadoff home run by Kyle Schwarber. Time for the Schwarber. Oh, yeah. It was a blast. A monster mash, if you will. I know it's not Halloween anymore. Scott Fransky and Phillies Radio was a no-doubter, and the look on Justin Verlander's face. So how do you recover? How do you keep going when you're so rudely greeted in Game 5 of the World Series? I mean, initially you're like, you know, that sucks. Um, But, uh, I mean, as a starting pitcher, been there, done that. You, I mean, it, it just is, it just sucks because of the moment, and obviously all the questions and um, wait, but, um, you know, you have to rely on the hundreds of starts and the thousands of pitches I've thrown before and um, just kind of say, okay, like I've given up leadoff home runs before. Let me bear down and, you know, that's not going to be indicative of what's going to happen the rest of the game by any means. Um, Let's see what happens. All of the questions, all of the wait. Yeah, he's referring to his World Series history. And those demons that he hears, those demons that he fights. And yet you hear him make the choice. This is nothing new. I've done this before. This is not where it ends. This is not indicative of what happens next. It wasn't easy, but it was brilliant. And it was vintage Verlander because of how he fought back. That's what I loved the most. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Got him on the slider and the inning is over. Phillies load the bases with two outs, but they come up empty as Verlander gets his first strikeout in a big spot. 3-2. Cassianos hits it high in the air to left center. Playable for Alvarez, waiting for it to come down after moving to his left. Makes the catch, and Justin Verlander wins the 10-pitch battle with Cassianos. Strands Harper at second base. Fight, fight, never give in, and that's Verlander. That's the tone he sets. That's who he's been his entire Hall of Fame career. Ultimately allows just the one run on the Kyle Schwarber. I feel just, I feel like it doesn't do it justice by calling it a home run on the Kyle Schwarber blast (laughs) on the Kyle Schwarber rocket, something like that. Time for the Schwarber. (laughs) Yeah, that. So it's one run, but four hits, four walks, a lot of traffic on the bases. He does strike out six through five innings. And contributes to the stat in which the Phillies left a dozen runners on base. They had opportunities, a lot of them coming against Justin Verlander, but ultimately were unable to break through, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. It was a battle, and that's what he said. I mean, he he emptied the tank uh, early, and um, you know his pitch count got, got high, but I mean, that was as far as we thought we should take him. And, uh, you know, we held the lead for him. I remember... My teammate Tommy John always told me that a that, that a good pitcher can get out of trouble twice, and a great pitcher three times, and so-so pitcher maybe one time. And so uh, that was a uh, you know I could hear Tommy John talking to me, uh, you know during the game. Checks the lead runner at second. He kicks the pitch, swing and a poke ball to right. It's falling. It's going to be a base hit. It'll get a run home for the Phillies. Stott around second on his way to third. He's there standing. And Gene Segura has made it a one-run ball game. 
with an RBI single to right here in the bottom of the eighth inning. It's 3-2 Houston. The tying run is 90 feet away. 1-2. Runner goes. Pitch is hit hard. Just fair. Snared by Mancini. And he steps on the bag. Inning over. So this was a back and forth. Even after Justin Verlander was out of the game, we saw the Houston Astros tack on an insurance run, but the Phillies were able to get one back, and the Astros do strand that runner at third. And this was fascinating, too, because going back to the no-hitter on Wednesday night, the last three pitchers we saw, Bobby Abreu, Rafael Montero, Ryan Presley, those were the three guys that were tasked with closing out this game. And so when Montero got into trouble, he had a runner at third. There was one out. Baker goes to Ryan Presley. And now it's up to Presley to get a five-out save and preserve what is a very thin margin. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks on Astros Radio. And even into the throws of the ninth inning, this was still very much in doubt. 1-1. That's hit in the air pretty deep to right center. It sends back McCormick onto the warning track, leaps at the wall, and he makes the catch. Oh, what a catch by McCormick. Crashing into the 13-foot high wall and deep right center fail. Two outs. The catch wow. of, The catch of his life for McCormick. <laughs> Comes back to Philly, his hometown, and makes a wonderful catch. I thought he hit it out. Um, put a really good swing on it. He's a great hitter. Um, but, you know, that time of the game, you just got to be focused on defense. And uh, he put a good swing on it. You know, it's kind of laying, laying out for whatever at that point. Um, and, you know, I, I saw uh, the wall. I saw the warning track. And it was just just high enough for me to uh, get it and, and reach out and go get it. And uh, I'm just happy we won. Yeah, I think I owe him more than a dinner. My goodness, that was a, that was a hell of a play, man. Um, you know, JT's an unbelievable hitter. Uh, made a mistake over the plate. He took advantage of it, but, you know, Chaz climbed the wall and got it, and, man, I couldn't be more thankful to have him out there. Chaz McCormick slams into the scoreboard. He said he thought it was out off the bat of JT Real Muto. Yeah, a lot of people watching expected that that was going to be another one of JT's huge moments in this World Series. Remember, he had the big home run in the opener in extra innings. Okay, so just for fun, before we get to the end of the game, The Eagles and Texans were playing at NRG Stadium in Houston, of course. Their game was done by this time. And so NBC Sports Philadelphia had a camera in their locker room as they are watching the end of this game. And, of course, the JT hit. Almost hit. If you haven't seen the video, actually, the video is fun, too. It's on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. So, yes, this was a perfectly managed game by Dusty Baker with Verlander and then four uh, relievers. By the way, I think I said Bobby Abreu earlier. It's Brian Abreu, obviously, and then Montero and Presley. And so you have the formula that's working for the Astros. That bullpen has been so good all season long. And then you get just enough work on the base paths. No, they left a lot of guys out there too. They were one for 11 with runners in scoring position, but you expect that because the Phillies also have a really good bullpen. This one to me felt like 
one of the tenser games of the World Series, even more so than the opener. Because after one game, there's still so much real estate in a World Series. This was so critical, so crucial. You're talking about Game 5 in a tie series where the winner of Game 5, roughly 80% of the time, goes on to win the series. Just out of curiosity, can you hear the TV now in my studio? I can. Okay, so I'm not joking about this. I did not touch the remote. This happened last week, too. Someone elsewhere, you know, the TVs can be c- controlled in-house in other places. Someone <laughs> just changed the channel and somehow turned on the, the audio, the volume of my TV from somewhere else. How is that possible? I don't know, but it, I thought it was a ghost last week because it was leading into Halloween weekend. Oh, yeah, that would have made sense. Uh, right, so, nope. I'm telling you, I just, you didn't no, hear I, no, I, I hear it when I listen, but how could that? I, how could the noise in that TV in that know. studio just randomly I, come on? I saw the TV change, and then all of a sudden there's audio. And I'm telling you, it happened last week, too, and I, I said to Marco Belletti, it's like, was that me? I didn't touch that. Did you touch that? He said no. So someone's screwing with us. What the heck is going on They're Trying to make us go nutso. Trying to it's make working. us think. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Astros, Phillies. That was one half of the Houston-Philadelphia sports night. The other, of course, being Eagles and Texans. We'll get to that. But, yeah, congratulations to Justin Verlander. And because it was his first ever World Series win, uh, he tells quite a story on MLB Network about how his teammates treated him. You're soaking wet, not because you were sweating profusely. No. What, what treatment did you get in, in the I got a shower. I got a rookie shower for my first win. Uh, the boys the boys put me in the cart, rolled me in the shower, and just poured all sorts. Of, I got soap on my knee. I got, I mean, I got shampoo. I don't know, ketchup, mayo. I don't know. Is it I, weird to say you deserve it? I mean, you deserve I it. Well done. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, are you serious? It was just amazing. These guys, you know, um, we're a tight group of guys. We have so much fun. And... Um, you know, that's, that's just one of those moments that whenever whenever my career is said and done that, um, you know, no matter what, I'll always remember them doing that. Whoa. Vintage Verlander. As for Jeremy Pena, he's a rookie. He's on the other end of the spectrum. He goes three for four with a couple of RBI and has some great defense. In fact, in the first inning, he snagged, he leapt up and snagged a liner that was headed for left center. And he was asked about being a rookie and yet performing night after night on the biggest stage in his sport. Shout out to my teammates. Um, they prepare for every single game, and you know, you just, it rubs off on you. You know, they have a sense of calmness because they've been here, I guess, four years out of the last six. So, you know, you just gravitate towards them and uh, just go out and compete and have fun. What a difference 48 hours make. We sat here on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, talking about the home field advantage for the Phillies. And boy, did they generate one at Citizens Bank Park. And they had a walkover in game number three. And then in game number four, the Astros returned the favor. It's lopsided for the visitors. And then in game five, it was toe-to-toe, belly-to-belly, nose-to-nose. Ooh, kind of like old-school managers and umpires, home-plate umpires used to do, go belly-to-belly and nose-to-nose. And, and the Astros are so good. They're so tenacious. That tone's set by their starting pitcher, but also guys like Jose Altuve, who's getting on base again, and certainly Alex Bregman and Jordan Alvarez, and then some of the younger guys 
who haven't been here before but are taking the cue from the veterans. As for the Phillies, I mean, they've been facing odds and facing odds. It's a weird word. They've been facing situations like this all year, being down, having to pull themselves out, recognizing that it's not over until it's actually over. It's not over. And I said uh, that. I did. Still got another uh, game to be played. So um, the biggest thing right now is, you know, sure, can you be frustrated? Absolutely, you can be. But uh, we got a day to flush that away. And uh, we got to be able to come out ready to go for uh, game six. I think the approach is the same that we've had. Um, Just come out the next day and, and go get them. Prepare, compete. Um, these guys will show up, I guarantee it. It's you know, They're going to fight to the end, for sure. Kyle Schwarber and Rob Thompson, and the scene shifts back, shifts, shifts, back to Minute Maid Park in Houston on Saturday night, and we'll see if there's a Game 7 Sunday night. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, actually, not sure if you saw this, but the ratings for Game 4, which was the Houston World Hit World Hitter, I mean, it's been the worst week of talking ever. (laughs) The Houston World Series no-hitter. Most watched fall classic game in three years. How about that? These are some big numbers. Uh, Big numbers even compared to, say, a football game. Uh, the, The game itself was up 23% from a year ago, which was Tampa Bay. Oh, no, no. Take that back. 23% over a year ago. No, no. Amy, start over. 9%. I'm trying to read these numbers on the fly. 9% from a year ago, and then 23% from Tampa and and LA, which goes back to 2020. So it's a huge jump from that, which makes sense. Uh, But the numbers themselves, we're talking about with Fox Deportes, as well as the streaming platforms, over 12 million people tuned in to watch that no-hitter by the Astros. So as much as it may not have been a vintage no-hitter with just one guy, it was still a piece of history in the World Series and got a huge, huge number of viewers and a major bump for baseball, so that's good. There are people watching, but... It'll be tough sledding on Sunday night if they're up against the NFL. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I got to turn off the volume on this TV here on CBS. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Mills under center, second and goal from the two, turns, play action fake, sets, floats it left side, looking for his tight end, reaching over, Quatoriano makes the grab! Tegan Quatoriano's first NFL catch is his first NFL touchdown! They line up again, double tight end, Brown and Smith stack to the far side of the field. And his fourth and goal from the two. And in for the touchdown goes Miles Sanders, his sixth of the season. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. First two drives of Thursday Night Football consumed the entire first quarter. (laughs) It was a ball control game specifically for the Philadelphia Eagles who used up eight minutes when they got the ball for the first time. Eight minutes 18 plays. Merrill Reese on Eagles Radio. Kevin Kugler on Westwood One. And after the first quarter, we were tied 7-7. Before we got to the half, it was 14-14. This was a really good game. So if you were expecting Thursday Night Football to be a walkover because it was the only unbeaten team versus a team with just one win, well, think again. Though there was a turning point, Davis Mills throws an interception in the third quarter, and instantly the Eagles are in the red zone. Second and 10. Hurts backs up, looking, still looking. He is firing, and it is a touchdown, A.J. Brown. Hurts made it look easy. A.J. Brown did the escape act, was wide open, and Hurts merely lobbed them the football. He is on a tear, to be sure. A lot of different weapons that the Eagles have at Jalen's disposal, and yet they really want to be able to run the ball first. So Miles Sanders with a touchdown uh, earlier. And if you look at the Eagles' stats, uh, the the way that they keep the ball is Jalen Hurts with run plays, Miles Sanders with run plays. Uh, you know, they they spread the ball around when they have to, (laughs) but that's not what they want to do first. And I love that. I love that they had 143 yards rushing. Houston actually had more than that, but that they've got multiple guys who can not only move the ball, move the chains, but also get into the end zone like Kenny Gainwell, who did it later in the game. So yeah, the turning point was the Davis Mills interception that leads to a very short field, like a teeny weeny little field uh, for the Eagles. And they're able to score right away. And then... After a Texans field goal, they have another touchdown drive. That's Dallas Goddard, uh, who had the gaudiest numbers on this night. Eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. And here we go. The Eagles at 8-0, and oh, and that's the first time for them in their franchise history. Being eight and zero, oh, sweet, right? And you know, yes, it beats the alternative of being seven and one or six and two, right? And so, um, we know that our our goal wasn't to go eight and zero. Oh. Our goal is to take one game at a time, and I'm not. That's that's our goal. And so, um, is it good? Is it good to be able to have this long weekend instead of eight and zero? Oh? Of course, but we know that we're going to get back to work on Monday, um, and go go attack th- this next game against Washington, like we attacked this last game against Houston. Of course, the goal isn't to go 8-0. That makes me roll my eyes. Whose goal ever would be to go 8-0? <laughs> uh, 
Your goal is to win the week, but come on, a perfect record through about the midway point of the season is still something to be remarked upon. It's notable. It's a blessing, honestly. It's a blessing. It's not a easy blessing. to win in this league. Um, happy that we got eight out the way. And um, all we're trying to do, we're, we're on a bigger and better thing still, but uh, we're still trying to take it one game at a time. We still got a long season, for a uh, long rest of the season. And a division game coming up. So we got a lot of stuff that we got to focus on more than, than being eight and those. Kind of neat for Jalen Hurts to go back to Houston. Uh, he's from the area. And to finally get to play at NRG Stadium. He had said that was always a dream of his. He'd never been able to do that. His family was on hand as well. He is 21 of 27 in this game. 243 yards, couple of touchdowns. He does have a lost fumble, but a win is a win. And he had all the family support there. Anytime I get to come back to the city of Houston, it's special. And this is the first time I've... I've ever played back home at the professional level, collegiate level. Um, never, never got the opportunity to do it at the collegiate level. So coming back, um, playing in a place where I've, I've built a lot of memories, built a lot of memories with my mom, my dad, coming to watch ball in this same stadium. Um, um, you know, of, of all things, you know, it's a, it's a great team win, you know, and there's, there's, there's rare rarity in me reflecting on things and not having emotion towards it, but I, um, I'm 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 proud that my 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 family got to see that today. Um, I'm proud my dad got to see that, and I know that's special to him because um, my family knows the memories that we've um, we've had with the Houston Texans, and you know just being around and being involved in the camps and um, the Andre Johnson, and you know him giving me his cleats as a kid, and those are our memories that I value truly. And to come home and and get a win in this city is special. I made a statement this past week. I think he's improved more than maybe more than every player in the NFL. Outstanding player with what, and he he can throw the ball and what he's mobile. He's a big guy to to bring down. That was a great play by him on that third and long that last draw that he ran. But uh, great players make those type of plays. Lovey Smith, head coach of the Houston Texans. I'm telling you what, if you haven't seen the Texans play, Damian Pierce is worth your investment. He's the rookie running back that's lighting it up. So it's going to be a lot of fun to move forward into week nine. We've got some compelling matchups, though we'll we'll just admit uh, we had a hard time choosing four teams or four matchups for the after-hours game of the week. We had three, and then we did not have a fourth. And, of course, it's setting off debate. So on both our Twitter as well as on our Facebook page, people are angry because we didn't pick this game or didn't pick that game. I, uh, I just want you to know your complaints are addressed promptly by Producer Jay. He's the one who delves into the suggestion box. He's the gatekeeper. He's the guy. He's in charge of all the complaints. Yeah, I'll be all over it. He on my runs Friday the night. complaint department on your Friday night. No way. You'll be asleep on the couch by 9 30. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. 9 40. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a back. Let's do an over under. How quickly you fall asleep on the couch on Friday night. <laughs> uh, we're not there yet that we have to play that game. It happened oh, okay. it's happening, but it's not like a thing just yet. So when you say it's not a thing, that means it doesn't happen every weekend. It's been happening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jay. (laughs) All right. It's still in process of happening. It's not a thing, but it's happening. Like two or three more weeks, and then we'll we'll say I got. Oh, okay. So a year of it is not quite long enough. (laughs) Jay, he's so cool. In fact, he tries to tell me all the time how cool he is. (laughs) That's me. 
All right, coming up, your boom moment of the week. Some Mike Tomlinisms, of course, and what you won't see on the basketball court this weekend. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's After Hours CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Come on, come on. Click, boom. As we wrap up the week, we contemplate the mysteries of the universe. Boom. I just laid down the A-law. Boom. The best highlights. Foles running up and down the line. It's a direct snap and it goes to Clement who gives it off to Burton, the tight end, who then throws in the end zone. Touchdown. Foles caught the ball. And your fire. Thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate the greatest sports show in America. Boom. After Hours presents the boom moment of the week. Here's Amy Lawrence. Boom. Pitch on the way. Round ball, left side coming in Bregman. He scoops the short hop, throws on the move to first, in time, and that is a ball game. A World Series no-hitter for the Houston Astros as they blank the Philadelphia Phillies five to nothing. This World Series is all square at two games apiece. And the Astros make history in the city of brotherly love in magical fashion with a no-hitter between four pitchers. Just came out holding on to God, trying to be positive, trying to take the strike zone. It's funny, my parents today told me I was going to throw a no-hitter, and thanks to God, I was able, I was able to accomplish that. They told you you were going to throw a no-hitter? And what did you say? <laughs> yeah, that we're going to stay positive with God helping us. We're, we can do it. Christian Javier says his parents told him he was going to throw a no-hitter. And while it wasn't just his no-hitter, he shared it with Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, Ryan Presley. It was a piece of World Series history that we've never seen before, most of us, going back to 1956. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks got to call a World Series no-hitter. How about that? The, the Astros radio team also taking a piece of history. Super cool. Game four of the World Series. More than 12 million people tuned in uh, via Fox, Fox Deportes, and the streaming platforms, which is a humongous jump over last year. It's the most watched World Series game uh, going back several years. Houston now up three games to two as the series shifts. It moves. <laughs> it's easier to say. It moves back to Minute Maid Park, but they've got today is a travel day, so it's Saturday and Sunday if necessary for Game 7. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. 
So coming up this weekend, of course, week nine in the NFL, but also two, well, two marquee games in college football, but plenty of implications everywhere you look. A lot of attention, obviously, on Tennessee and on their game at Georgia, now the defending national champion. Hey, you told me we had some Josh Heupel. Yes, I don't have it on my sheet, but if you would like to trot out some head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers, Josh Heupel, for me, I'd be all ears. You can win a game with confidence because you've paid the price, you've worked, you've prepared uh, to go out and play the right way. So, yeah, uh, both teams, I'm sure, are confident and should be. Um, you know, for us, this week, preparation is going to be key. They're, they're really good. They got, you know, you got to understand their schemes. You know, that's important. The personnel, the battles within the the battle are going to be really important. The line of scrimmage is going to be important. It's a physical physical game out on the perimeter too. So on both sides of the ball, you got to match that. Looking forward to that one. That is 3.30 Eastern time on CBS. And then in the evening under the lights, uh, it's Tiger Stadium. It's Death Valley. It's one of the most raucous, obnoxious, those are compliments, atmospheres in college football uh, going to be amazing in Baton Rouge as LSU hosts Alabama. And then everything else now that we've got our first set of college football playoff rankings. But if you missed our preview and uh, keys to wins for both uh, for both games, make sure you check that out on our podcast with longtime NFL assistant coach, uh, also former LSU coach. He's in Baton Rouge now and is planning on sneaking into the game somehow. Kyle Kasky, he's got video breakdowns on his YouTube channel, and we went through those games with him on our conversation that happened just a couple hours ago here on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, so a lot of football, some big basketball this weekend, too. Uh, the early stages of the NBA, people get mad at me because I'm not talking enough NBA or NHL. Some guy said, uh, I posted the the link to our podcast on Thursday, and some guy responds with, no NHL, no way, or no NHL, it doesn't matter. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> Here's what you won't see on the basketball court this weekend. You will not see Kyrie Irving. If you missed this, the Nets had enough. They gave Kyrie an opportunity to stand in front of microphones again, knowing the type of questions that he would get. And even though he was given multiple opportunities, he would not say unequivocally that he's not anti-Semitic, that he doesn't support anti-Semitism, and he also would not apologize. The Nets heard enough. Apparently, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, wanted him to apologize, wanted him to say when there was a microphone in his face that he was sorry and that he didn't support these views that were in that movie that he tweeted the link to. He said things like, I'm not the one who made the documentary. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I mean, these were the types of statements that he issued with the microphone in his face that let you know he really still was not planning on backing down. The Nets pretty quickly after that announced a suspension, at least five days, no pay. They said they made numerous attempts over the last week to try to help Kyrie understand the harm and the danger of his words and his actions 
using his social media to share this movie. But according to the Nets, it was clear in his comments to the media that little had changed. So again, he was asked directly whether or not he was anti-Semitic by the reporters, and he would not answer one way or another. Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't know how the label becomes justified because you guys ask me the same questions over and over again, but this is not going to turn into a spin-around cycle of questions upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people want to hear, though, is just a yes or no on that question. Yes or no. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. You can go and listen to more of Kyrie Irving. We played some of the sound bites earlier. He makes it all about him as opposed to admitting the harm that was done and being contrite, uh, showing some empathy, showing some understanding, especially when he's all about his community being oppressed and his his people, his heritage having suffered through uh, tragedies and oppression. And yet, for some reason, he can't see why his actions not only are dangerous and irresponsible, but also perpetrate this idea that it's okay to do the same thing, to oppress, to discriminate, to be prejudiced against another people based on their culture, based on their religion. The Nets say this in their statement, such failure to disavow anti-Semitism when given a clear opportunity to do so is deeply disturbing, is against the values of our organization and constitutes conduct detrimental to the team. We are of the view that Kyrie is currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets. They said we were dismayed today that he refused to say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs nor acknowledge specific hateful material in the film. This was not the first time he had the opportunity, but failed to clarify. So he's been suspended not long after that. There was a, I don't know if you want to call it heartfelt. It seemed more coerced to me, but there was a, an apology on his Instagram. To all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain, and I apologize. So he goes on to clarify his position and and he gives the apology that he could have given days ago that would have avoided all of this. But because he's stubborn and because he's defiant and because he wants to do it his way, he refused. And so more hurt, more, you know, more of this song and dance. And ultimately there's a suspension. I don't know if they let him back after five games. I just know that you won't see him on a basketball court this weekend. And once again, Kyrie Irving is right in the middle of a major storm that he created and that his team now has to clean up. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Also this weekend, for those of you who love NASCAR like me, I'm going to have to work it into the rotation. Four drivers still alive for the Cup Series Championship. Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, and Christopher Bell. And so Logano and Elliott, they are past winners. Chastain and Bell, first time in the championship four, as they call it. Uh, It's been some pretty gutsy racing to this point. Obviously, it's been very intense. There have been uh, suspensions. There have been guys going after each other. But this is four drivers racing for the title coming up this weekend. And so this should be fun. Phoenix Raceway. Man, Phoenix is... Not only the site of the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of months, but also 
uh, this weekend hosting the NASCAR championship in the final race. So big weekend. First weekend in November. I know I tell you all the time that October is the craziest month of the year in sports, and it certainly is. But because the World Series is bleeding into October, because it's still the throes of college football in the NFL, the NASCAR championship, the World Cup starts in three weeks, which is also crazy. We're already making plans on that end, too. So enjoy. I've got yard work in my future, and I'm so happy about it. I'm going to be a good connoisseur. My leaves are going to kick my butt. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Sunday night after our CBS Sports Radio. Boom! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.